All right. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Sage Advice Podcast. I am your host, Sin Sage. With me today, I have a lovely guest, Chrissy LeBlanc. Hello. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me, Sin. Oh, thank you so much for being here. And I love to have my guests introduce themselves. So please tell us in your own words what you do and who you are and all those things. I am a award-winning cam girl, a cosplayer, and content creator. I am an ePlay Keycub member. ePlay is a live streaming site. And I'm also part of My Perfect Harem, which is a studio and camming group that my partner and I run. Uh, so it's um, him and I and our girlfriends makes up My Perfect Harem. Um, I think that covers most of the bases. <laughs> I do a lot of different things, so it's hard to put it all in a nutshell, but I, I think that covers it all as succinctly as I can. Yeah, that's, I think you did a good job. Uh, <laughs> so many uh, little questions just popped up already for me. So you're, you cam and you cosplay. And the thing is, I, I think that cosplaying, uh, you know, I suppose it goes across a whole spectrum. It can be a super G rated thing that you take to like a comic convention mm -hmm. and it can be a hardcore sex content as well. So maybe you could talk a little bit about cosplay, maybe what it means to you. Um, cause I have to admit, you know, I, I'm familiar. I, I know what it is. I'm aware of it. I've been to mm -hmm. comic conventions and I've seen Twitch streams. I do know what Twitch streaming is, <laughs> um, <laughs> but other than that, like I would say, I, I don't, um, I hate to say I don't understand it. It's not quite like that. It's just that I think there's a lot about it that I don't know. And sure. um, I'd love to hear about it. There's still plenty that like I like there's there's plenty that I don't get in, in part of cosplay too. Like that's just like not my realm, <laughs> but we'll get to that part. Okay. So <laughs> mm -hmm. cosplay for me, um, I have always enjoyed dressing up um, ever since I was little. I had like a dress up box as part of my toys in my room and like playing pretend with my friends was part of my fun time. And my my family is pretty crafty. Um, my grandmother was very crafty. My mom's very crafty, and my mom like handmade a lot, like most of my costumes when I was a kid. So instead of buying like you know the packaged store bought Halloween costumes, my mom would make them. And you know, growing up, however you grow up, like you think that that's normal until you you know. <laughs> you, you learn like Go some perspective and right <laughs> you meet people and so I thought that was like normal I thought everyone had like homemade costumes kind of a thing but that's something that like I always like enjoyed and now I look back and definitely appreciate that my mom did that for me like she took the time to do that yeah. um and I carried that myself into adulthood. When I went off to college, I made my own Halloween costumes. I always took pride in that. I never wanted to buy the the store-bought ones. You know, even like the, ooh, the expensive, like $100, you know, mm -hmm. nice Halloween. I was like, no, <laughs> got to make my own. It'll be so much cooler. And um, objectively, it is cooler. <laughs> I appreciate it that. Is. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it just is. <laughs> It's so much more fun to show off. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, it is fun to show off something that you did. Like I put my hard work into this. Um, yeah. So 
And it, I, I've always enjoyed getting that feeling out of it. Um, I've always, you know, felt proud of, about showing off like a costume that I made or put time into. And especially when I got my friends involved, I was always throwing like themed parties in college. Um, I got like a paper plate award as a senior. Like I was voted <laughs> most likely to have a themed wedding. <laughs> yes. So I was kind of known for this. <laughs> like. This, yeah. this has always been like, you know, part of me, honestly. So I've, I've always enjoyed Halloween because it was that time that you got to like dress up and, and you know, wear costumes. And express um, yourself in that in that way sort of creatively. And yeah, yeah. I, I hope everyone that knows me knows that that's the only holiday I celebrate. And that's <laughs> the best holiday, hands down. It's taken over as my favorite, I think. Like Christmas used to be my favorite. I think Halloween's taken over now as an adult. <laughs> Yes. Cool. So you kind of expanded upon your costume making and, and expressing skills when you were in college. Um, well, one thing you said, uh, you, you know, you loved getting together and playing pretend with your friends. And it's really funny because, you know, we shoot a lot of like, especially customs and stuff. It'll be like very, it's fed a lot of fetish specific mm -hmm. stuff. And you know, some performers are feel a lot more comfortable just doing sex scenes. And that's great. I love those too. But, but for me, I love when I get to like play pretend in these fetish scenarios where it's like you dress a certain way and pretend like, mm -hmm. example, you're just like a clumsy oaf and you stumble over things and you fall on your Oh, head I know. And... You have some fascinating customs. <laughs> <laughs> you have a great collection of customs. I do. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> But those ones are really fun for me because I do look at it like this. And when I think when sometimes I, if I'm working with other performers who are struggling a little bit with that, I use that analogy. I'm like, listen, we're just here having a good time. Pretend like we're playing pretend. I mean, that's, yeah. you don't have to think of it like I've got to act in this role. Just be like, come on, we're just playing pretend like we're playing dress up like, like a couple yeah. of kiddos like when we were young <laughs> yeah like I, like it, it's interesting as an adult like you know I didn't think of that as a career choice obviously as a right. kid but now as an adult I'm like oh I've kind of turned myself into a professional like <laughs> pretend like, player yeah pretend player like I, I play dress up for a living <laughs> yeah and I think little me would be proud. So exactly, I'm like, what a wonderful thing that you, you know, in a sense, you got to grow up doing the thing that you had fun doing. Yeah. You know? So yeah, yeah. I've definitely embraced it more as cosplay has become more of a thing. Like I used to kind of relegate mm -hmm. it just to Halloween, and right. now I've gotten to expand that more. And I'm like, oh, okay, I don't have to just do this for October. People right. enjoy this year round. Cosplay is a thing now. Like people will yeah. enjoy this anytime. And so like I've been able to kind of embrace it more and more and more as cosplays become a thing. I'm like, cool. <laughs> so what are some of the cosplays that you enjoy doing the most? And how do you uh, integrate that with the adult work that you do? Um, I'm definitely drawn towards darker characters, more villainous characters, and like characters that already have sexiness, like embedded you know, in them. their character. Yeah, like, and like I just Poison Ivy, to... Jessica Rabbit. Oh yeah, Catwoman. And... Like you know, Ooh, the seductress a... mm. women. Oh yeah, I saw you in a Catwoman cosplay. That's right, I saw <laughs> that. Um, just so ever listeners can. Uh, understand this on a deeper level. Uh, I have these little devil ears that live on my headphones for podcasts and we signed on and Chrissy has little devil ears as well on her <laughs> headphones. <laughs> 
So yes. ears and spikes. Yes. So the villainous uh, is really coming through there. Yeah. So I, I like darker characters. Those are more fun for me to play. Um, I I think I'm a very smiley, you know, positive person in general. So those are more like the alter ego that I get to play yeah. with cosplay. Um, and I've started to get more into the horror part of mm. Halloween as well, which yes. which honestly, it's, it's hard to do in our industry. And like the adult yes. industry doing anything horror related is really difficult. You can't do any weapons. You can't do any fake blood. So, but I can do like, you know, iconic looking characters. So that's what I'm, I'm trying to play that line of how I can, how I can play with like Halloween and horror characters mm -hmm. in this industry and make it sexy. I, I like confusing that line of, you know, either I want to make you laugh with a boner or I want to like creep you out and give you a boner. I like confusing people. <laughs> oh my God. I love those things. Everything <laughs> what you just said is <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> like, it's kind of creepy, but it's kind of hot. I'm not sure. And I'm like, excellent. Got it. Perfect. That's just what, what we're aiming for. for. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so rad. So, so do you put it, um, like videos that you make clips you make uh or do you actually cause um sorry do you actually cam in cosplay as well uh nowadays i am mainly camming uh okay. mainly live streaming on ePlay, and i share both the creation of the cosplay so i'm doing all like the crafting behind the scenes like you would see on twitch um, mm -hmm. But I also have naked goals because it's e-play. <laughs> so I get to combine them both. So I'm doing, you know, like crafting and cosplay and stuff with all sorts of like, you know, naughty camming goals. Um, and then I also have friends come over. We do shoots. I go to friends' houses and do shoots. I helped my friend Kaya Eve make a Barbie box recently so that she could do some Barbie pics yes. in it. Oh, um, so fun. did a little collaboration there. Took some pics together. Um so I'm mainly focusing on live streams, um, but I'm also doing photo shoots and videos and custom orders in the cosplays that I make. So awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on leveling up my photo shoots and doing more like high quality photo shoots, less like bedroom photo shoots. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like my current goal is to level up that production level. And that's yeah. just kind of personally what I want. <laughs> no, I get that too. Yeah. I mean, we've got that. I can have Drake take pictures with his iPhone of me and we can use our LED lighting panels and kind of try to get a little creative. But ultimately, he is an outstanding videographer and hasn't had any training with photography. And I don't know if the world out there knows this, but like there is a huge difference between being able to set up shots for video and being a photographer and knowing like settings on a camera and how to make oh, the yeah. pictures look like, and then not only just taking the pictures, going but then going in automatic. Yeah. And, and exactly. And then going into the content that you've taken pictures of and, and like learning how to do Photoshop and cleaning everything up and making it look really sort of cinematic in a photo type thing. And it's the ability plus the time. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> the yeah. The time it takes to go through and edit photos. Like I oh have definitely trained myself how to get better at editing photos. Um, awesome. Just through taking my own and editing it myself, like, you know, through necessity, I've gotten better at it. Um, mm -hmm. But man, it takes so long. And I love outsourcing stuff like that. Oh, like, yeah. Okay, now I appreciate it. I've done the work. I get it. And yeah, <laughs> I put in the time someone else could do it, please. 
Yeah. So for, for me, I'll kind of look at people's work, uh, photographers work that I local to or can get in touch with and, and say, do you want to shoot a trade? Because I love yeah. what you've made here. And, you know, I'm not exactly looking to pay hundreds of dollars to get that, but um, you need content too for your portfolio and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So let's just take pictures together for, for free and then I can have the content and they do the editing and stuff like that. Um, but so for you, does your partner take the photos with, a, you know, like professional camera and, and lighting and stuff like that? Or are you also doing like trades with photographers or how, how are you? Uh, I do a little mix of things. Um, traditionally I've, I've shot a lot of stuff myself just with, you know, tripod, ring lights, studio lights, stuff like that at home. Yeah. Um, he does have his own camera he's taken some shots as well. Mm -hmm. Um, some shoots I've had Kaya Eve do, mm -hmm. um, like my, my yeah, maternity shoot, <laughs> we went out to Red Rocks and yes. I had her shoot me and like both me and my partner together. Mm -hmm. uh, she did some great photos for us and she was, it, she was like, Oh yeah, I don't mind taking the photos, but it's the editing that takes all the time. And I was like, Oh, I don't mind doing that. I just don't want them to be on a tripod. Yeah. So for that, I was like, okay, great. I'm going to pay you for your photography time. You don't have to worry about taking any time to do edits. And she was like, great. We're both happy. <laughs> yeah. It's so nice being friends with people who have various talents in the industry. <laughs> So what yeah, I was like, I just need someone that has a good eye and mm -hmm. I just don't want it to be a tripod, you know, like yeah, a, you want a body angles. on the other side of the camera that knows what they're doing. Um, a photographer that has a really good style for editing. Yes. yes, I absolutely will like seek them out for a trade or to book them, like if they're particularly good. Um, yeah. But with friends, I'm like, yeah, I just need the raw images. I can edit it myself. <laughs> So lovely. I want to go back a little bit because you were talking about that you started sort of leaning into the cosplay stuff and making your own things and having themed parties. Oh my gosh, love themed parties in college. So I was curious, uh, where did you go to college and what did you study? What was your initial intention? Did you finish? I went to school in South Carolina, a small school in South Carolina. I originally wanted to do interior design, uh, which is how I ended up picking the school that I did. I was able to get in-state tuition, even though I was an out-of-state student. And, oh, wow. That's lucky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I think that was because of my grades. I had really good grades in high school. Yeah. Um, so I think that qualified me for in-state tuition. And they were also going to let me start right into the art school as a freshman. I didn't have to do that freshman year of basic classes and right. then apply. Like you have right. to do it a lot of other places. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to have to, you know, waste a year doing BS freshman classes. Yes. Um, so that was part of why I picked where I went. So I was an art student, you know, my, my freshman year. Thoroughly enjoyed it. But they scared me out of doing interior design. <laughs> Mm, basically like, like you better love the heck out of this you're gonna be you know doing grueling hours staying up all night and like working Whoa. these long hours doing these projects like you better really love it and <laughs> I think they were like it, whatever teacher I got is like the intro class like she was trying to weed out you know the kids who weren't serious I guess and I was like yeah. well I want to still enjoy it right <laughs> so I was like maybe I'll just keep this as a hobby <laughs> yeah 
And I like took, you know, I think like my dad's advice and just went safe and went business. So I switched from art to business with a concentration in marketing. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I went the very safe route. I was like, you know what? I might not know exactly what I want to do, but this will help me no matter what I do. Yeah. I do hear that a lot with, you know, getting a degree or studying business that it's such this generalized term and I'm always kind of like, oh God, yeah business what did you learn you're just good at business <laughs> I, mean, I did learn some good th- i mean like you know how to one of my best classes i took was like uh business communications like mm-hmm. how to write emails how to deliver bad news that was one of the best classes i ever took like how to write a resume properly she was like you know the woman that gave me the idea to start business cards as a college student she was like you know if you go somewhere you're gonna meet people make your own yeah. business cards like even if you don't have a job just do a mini resume i thought it was brilliant yeah <laughs> so i i got like good easter eggs i would say in the business classes but when i picked marketing my idea of marketing was like mad men you know totally ooh, like flashy <laughs> advertising right yes, like oh, yeah be good at that no it's all data crunching Ew. Thankfully, I was good at math <laughs> and I was okay with it. But by the time I realized it was all about math and numbers and data analysis and data crunching, yeah. it was like, I don't want to graduate two years late and switch now. Right, right, so right. I just stuck with it. I was like, fuck it. I'm a marketing major now. Yeah. But <laughs> doing what you do now, which is essentially you know, kind of running your own business, being your own yeah. brand and all that. And you have to do marketing. And I mean, this is all stuff that yeah, I'm, this, I, there's definitely a lot that has helped me. <laughs> in yeah, the era, but yeah, it was stuff that I like, didn't think I wanted to do at the time at all. This is so cool to learn this about you too, because it's very, you're like super well-rounded. Like you have this creative flair and you can stick, kind of keep that with your passion. And the, but you also have this, you know, business-minded, understanding how marketing works, (laughs) baloney. (laughs) Yeah, two different mindsets. Well, thank you. (laughs) But yeah, I guess that's how it happened. There was a a time where I thought I would climb the corporate ladder and do the business things (laughs) and do the safe thing. And I think I was just kind of fighting my creative side. (laughs) Right, right. And it's nice to find an avenue where you can literally both. utilize both yeah yeah in, in a strong way so you did graduate yeah and got mm-hmm. your degree and all that stuff mm-hmm. and uh, i also have a minor in spanish so i did minor in spanish oh, okay bueno. i haven't kept up with it very well but yes <laughs> so i, I mm-hmm. yeah uh hablo es poquito español también <laughs> pero yo quiero siempre practicar for me uh i i opted out of the college course and then um but i took i took spanish in high school and then uh, shortly after a few years later i was stripping in this strip club in an area that uh 90 of the people that walked in the door spoke only spanish you know, I remembered all my Spanish from high school and I started speaking it and I would get the dances with people that other girls wouldn't get because mm, I could nice. speak to them. So I learned a lot about how to speak Spanish from working in the strip club. <laughs> yeah, like at a certain point in time, I was like basically fluent, but I learned wow. that like, I, I studied abroad in Costa Rica. And oh so gosh. I was there for like four or five months. And so if you're there for that long, like, yeah, you become fluent. 
it was, you know, like at, after college, a couple years later, I took another trip to Colombia. I was there in, in Colombia for a month. Wow. And most of the vocabulary that I had learned was completely different than what they used in Colombia. Really? And I would say words and they would look at me like, what? I don't know what that is. Like just like simple things like the word for a straw that you put in your mm -hmm. drink. Like mm -hmm. that was totally different. And like I would say it and they would look at me like, what are you saying? And I had to like relearn Spanish because it was totally different in another country. And so now I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever be fluent. Right. <laughs> and it's also something rare. I don't keep up in practice. Like, you know, if I go and yeah. live somewhere, yes, I'd probably pick it back up and be fluent again. But I yeah. very rarely speak Spanish these days. Like when I do, it's <laughs> dirty talk in my chat room. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it is cool to have some knowledge of another language, though. I'm, I'm glad I learned it at the time that I did because yeah. My brain now make hard for those things. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't, yeah. Learn, learning a language now would be so much more difficult. Very challenging. Um, that's awesome. So, okay. So you, did you have any inclination or inkling that you wanted to do sexy stuff, you know, prior to you actually doing it? Um, I feel like I was always a sexual person. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought about it as a career choice though, like growing up. No, I didn't. Yeah. It wasn't something I like grew up thinking about, grew up wanting to do. Um, right. it wasn't an idea until I was like 26, okay. like for me to actually do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I do hate saying like, so how'd you get in the industry? Cause I feel like it's such a lame ass question, but we are steering that direction. So <laughs> <laughs> So okay, what is everyone it that, has it. Everyone yeah. wants to know. It's okay. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I didn't get into it. I was about 26. Um, I was with my – so my husband – my husband now, I was – he was my boyfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so this was, like, you know, almost 10 years ago. Um, okay. ah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyways, uh, so – my, my husband and I now, we were dating at the time. So um, we were having fantastic sex, <laughs> fantastic <laughs> relationship, fantastic sex. We were exploring our BDSM relationship. We were exploring our kinky side. He was definitely pulling that out of me. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were having a great time. Great relationship in the throes of new love and great, amazing sex. Yeah. Um, and he was kind of like, you know, sharing that with some of his buddies and he would kind of brag a little bit and they were like, oh God, they would just, you know, dream about our sex life is amazing. Um, uh, we would also watch porn together. Mm -hmm. Um, typically just free porn, whatever we had access to on like the Playboy channel on TV uh, or free stuff on Pornhub. Uh, um, but we would watch porn together as like foreplay and we would often like make fun of it. We would critique it and be like, oh, my God, that is such a ridiculous orgasm. Like, nobody sounds like that when they're coming. And, like, we would laugh at it together and then go make something better. <laughs> that is the reason why I cannot watch porn. People are always like, oh, so what kind of porn do you watch? And I was like, honestly, nah, I can't. I can't get anything out of it. I would have to pay too much money to get what I want. <laughs> yeah. I'm just – I just – I'm so – I've been making it for so many years that it's just it, – the, the lens of critique is it takes over everything yeah yeah i don't look at free porn like yeah i don't really like search for porn anymore it's it's weird it's totally yeah 
We could whole, start a whole conversation about that, how being in the industry has changed your own porn habits. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we probably will, but c- continue on with your story. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, we were um, uh, watching porn together, critiquing it, and, you know, we would get hot and bothered and then go finish ourselves and make, you know, at, at the end of our, you know, epic fucking, um, we'd be like, oh, God, that was so hot. Like, that would have made a good video. We should have filmed that. So mm-hmm. we weren't filming it at the time, just tossing it out as a joke. Right. Um, so around the same time, like he kind of pitched this idea to me that I, I don't know if he like he had had this for a while or if he just had this when we were together. But um, I'm bisexual and I had been with women before. That's something that like we had talked about wanting to have threesomes together and um he brought up the fact that like there really weren't, there wasn't a lot of like threesome and group sex porn. Um, he shared with me what he found was really sexy. was like group sex, but not like the typical gangbang type sex. He was like, no, like think, you know, Hugh Hefner in the Playboy Mansion, one guy surrounded by women, like that's the ultimate fantasy, right? I was like, oh, that does sound hot. I'm like, I'm bisexual. That sounds hot. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you and then a bunch of other hot women, that sounds hot too. I would watch that. And he was like, it's not in porn. Like you can't find it. If you look at group sex, it's always like orgies, you know? Lots of And he's like, why isn't this a thing? (laughs) And so he, you know, kind of tossed this out with his buddies at work too. Like, if this was a thing, like, would you watch it? And they're like, oh, fuck yeah. Why isn't that a thing? Mm. And so all of these ideas kind of combined together into like, could we maybe do this? (laughs) All of these things together. Could we maybe film our sex and share it? And Uh could we maybe have threesomes with other ladies? And could we maybe make harem you know, harem sex, like a porn category. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was like the opening dream <laughs> of, of how I got started in porn basically. Yeah. But um, so what was your next step? Um, Cause so, I know- yeah, it all started as like ideas and, you know, shooting the shit. And then it just like kind of grew into more serious ideas. Like the more that we talked to, I mean, as things kind of converged, yeah. it, seemed to make more sense I think um we researched it and (laughs) (laughs) that was when we discovered camming um the original idea was to do like a video subscription site you know that was our idea of what porn was it's like oh we'll just make videos and start a subscription site and that's how it works and through researching it was like no that's not how it works anymore like if you try (laughs) to start that way you're just gonna lose a bunch of money (laughs) It's rough. I mean, it's challenging. Yeah, that would be yeah. very hard to like start a studio from scratch. From from zero, yeah. Yeah. So that's when we like discovered camming at that time. I was like, okay, maybe this is a way that we can like put a foot in the door and actually like earn some money while we're exploring this idea. And, yeah. Um. So yeah, we, we looked into camming. Camming was like the approachable idea. It was like, you know, it made... Yeah made the dream like an attainable thing that, that was actionable, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then as we were thinking more seriously about it, like, you know, quitting our jobs to do this. Um, what was it? No, it wasn't immediately quitting our jobs. I'm trying to remember. Um, oh, yes, it was. I didn't, I didn't start camping until we were like full time. Um, wow. 
because yeah, we we still wanted to start like you know our own subscription site. So it was like mm -hmm. we're gonna do camming and that together. Uh, so we applied for a loan, and as soon as we oh, wow. got approved for the loan, I put in my two weeks. <laughs> wow! So this was like a, a business loan. Yes. And did you have to uh, like fill I, out? I, no, it was like it was a personal loan, but we used okay, it as okay. a business loan. Because we, we couldn't yes. take out a business loan for this. This is what I was going to say. Did you go to a bank and say, we no. want to make a porn site? Because they'd be no. like, bye, see ya, out the door. As we no, I took know. out a personal loan to be able to cover our, like, you know, initial, like, you know, two months expenses and being able to cover, you know, shoots with, like, pay paying girls for X amount of shoots. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, this, this is enough money to cover us for what we need to launch. Right. And then camming can help fill, fill in. The gaps, yeah. From there, yeah, filling the gaps yeah. from there, basically. So, like, as soon as we got approved for the loan, we were like, okay, fuck it, let's do we're this. We're doing it. That's and so odd. What a leap yeah, of faith. Put in, <laughs> put in my two weeks, um, and it, it felt awesome. It was really fun. I, I worked in, like, a cubicle environment. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was, like, a, a supervisor of, like, 25, 30 people or so. Wow. Uh, I put in like my my two weeks notice and I told like one buddy at work what I was quitting to do. And of course, like three days later, fucking everybody in the office knew and they were coming up to me like, oh, are you really? Are you really? Are you quitting to do porn? What? <laughs> <laughs> of course, it spread like wildfire. And then the very last day that I went into the office, I left a stack of business cards on my desk that had my new stage name written on yes. it and like where to find me. Oh, that's <laughs> that was my finishing move. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. It's so perfect. Oh my gosh. So okay, first first thing though, I'm just gotta throw this in there. You mentioned that you were you were voted uh most likely to have a themed wedding, and then you said you guys are married. So did you have that themed wedding? <laughs> I didn't. I feel like we should have. But oh. no, we, I didn't I I didn't want to spend too much on our wedding for sure we same. we ended up spending more than we should have on the wedding because food just costs just, too much money it happens yeah <laughs> but no i was like i did i i like diy'd our wedding i like yeah. made all of our decorations myself and i was i was trying so hard to like keep it a budget-friendly wedding and yeah. it just everything nickels and dimes man <laughs> sure does. Sure but yeah does. like looking back i'm like oh a halloween wedding would have been fun for sure <laughs> I'll have to show you my wedding pictures. We Maybe DIY'd we'll do it again it for like our 10-year, 20-year anniversary. I think that we <laughs> all should have a party on our 10-year anniversary. Let's normalize that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to go back to that. You guys would watch porn together. And I think something that I hear a lot from the normies or the civilians, as we call them, is that a lot of couples struggle with jealousy with regards to watching porn uh and just being like i don't even want you to watch porn you know if if it's not me i consider that cheating and all of these these things so it, it seems like you two when you first got together and started dating and falling in love and stuff was it very quickly just like i like these things hey so do i i'm cool with it me too let's do it together or it's definitely not that easy. Um, okay. It's definitely a spectrum of getting to know each other. And, you know, yeah, you don't mm -hmm. just start with like, these are all my kinks. <laughs> of course. Um, the kink <laughs> cards. Doesn't often work very well. Like, how did you reach the point of literally watching porn together? Um, I think. 
don't know, I, I feel like the, the issue with not wanting your couple to watch porn, like, comes from a place of insecurity. Like, it, that, and that's something that needs to be addressed in a relationship. It's this, the same issue comes in with jealousy. You yeah. know, if your, your partner's talking to somebody else, or if, especially if they're shown attention from someone else and your partner doesn't do anything, and, you know, like, they, the uh -huh. other person gets jealous, I'm like, okay, there's definitely an insecurity that needs to be addressed there. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be worked through. And that's something that my, my husband and I have worked through. Like I, he's called me out on insecurities I've had. Like you have a yeah. hangup about this thing. Mm -hmm. You need to address that. You can't keep coming at me about it. And right. we've had those difficult discussions. Yeah. Um, and I like, so that like porn plays into that, you know, yeah. like that's true with big issues in a relationship, but it's also mm -hmm. true with porn and intimate things. Like you have to be able to have uncomfortable conversations, <laughs> you yeah. know, like if you're into something that you think might come off as a little weird to your partner, there's going to have to be a brave moment where you're like, okay, I got to trust that my partner's not going to freak out on me if it's not something they're into. Right. Like, there's a level of trust there. We're like, okay, I care about you. You care about me. I know you care about me. Like, I know that you don't want to hurt my feelings. Yeah. That's a, that's a big thing that um, my partner and I have gone back to is like, I, you got to remember that you're on each other's side and you don't want to hurt each other's feelings. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I feel like I've gotten into like very serious issues based off of a porn question, but it all yeah. matters. It's all part yeah. of it. Uh -huh. um, you have to have a good, strong foundation and be able to communicate with your partner in order mm -hmm. to get to those sexy, fun things. Um. That's definitely what, <laughs> that's definitely my experience. You know, I, I feel like in my, my previous relationship, I wanted like freedom of exploration in the sense of, of threesomes and, and openness and honesty and all those things, but it never quite coalesced that way because he was a very um, shelled, like walled off person. And so with my current partner, I was just like, when we, you know, first getting together and I'm like, this is who I am. Here's everything. Here it all is, you know, like, but that I think a big difference is the la that it, he didn't have those same issues with insecurity. And so it was really easy to just be like, let's bring in a girl and have some fun with her. What do you think? And yeah. he's like, sounds fun to me. And I'm like, I feel safe with you in this way. And I think that's so important, like what you, everything you were saying. Yeah. yeah. So, like Once we got to a point where it was like, okay, I, I trust you. I don't think you're going to fuck around on me. Like, yes. Once we got to a place where I'm like, I, tr I trust this person, then we mm -hmm. were able to open up and have more conversations. And I was able to be vulnerable and <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay, try something. And then it was, you know, like, it because I trusted him and felt comfortable with him, it was like, okay, I feel comfortable trying something new because if it doesn't go well, I know I can talk to you about it. Exactly. Or yeah. I can, you know, say, okay, I'm not into this. Let's change the video or let's turn it off. I don't like, you know, if there's mm -hmm. an issue, I can address it. Right. That's important to know. Exactly. So now I'm curious, do you remember the first time that you two fooled around with a third person and and you actually saw your husband penetrate with his penis another woman's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, do you remember that moment and the feelings you had? Yes, absolutely. I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, we found a girl on Tinder. Um, we were very candid about everything. There was no like, you know, bait and switch kind of a thing. It was like, no, we're, yeah. we're a couple. We're cool with this. And like, uh, and it was both of us talking to her as well. Mm-hmm. So we were very open with it from the start, which is something that I think a lot of couples don't get right when they're looking for a third. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, we, we found this girl that we were interested in. We went out on a date. This wasn't like a hookup type situation. This wasn't like, you know, I'm giving him a treat for his birthday. Right. <laughs> Equally um, enjoyable from both parties, which I think yeah. is an important aspect. It's like we're both legitimately interested in this yes. person. Yes. Um, so we were looking at Tinder profiles together and checking them out. Like, oh, do you like her? Do I like her? Like, gotta make sure mm-hmm. we both like this person. Yes. So we we went out on a date with this girl, took her out to a bar for the night. Um, and we thoroughly enjoyed all the looks and attention we got at this bar. Oh my yes. God. Everybody could notice that it was, you know, two girls and a guy. And so all, like, there's always single dudes at the bar. And so all these guys were like, okay, one of these girls is available. We just got to figure out which one. That's initially (laughs) what they thought. Okay. You know, Uh, this guy can't take both of them. One of these girls is available. So they're looking (laughs) at one of us. And so they're watching us over the the course of the evening. And, you know, we're like flirting with her. Like, you know, I don't think I've mentioned yet, but my partner, I, I refer to him as sir. Mm-hmm. Um, so the star went to the bathroom at one time and like, I was flirting with her and then, you know, there were like times where we each got to flirt with each other mm-hmm. and we could just sense people were confused and we're just like watching even more intently trying to figure out what the hell was going on. And we just started playing into it and it was yes. just, honestly, it was really fun. It was a, it was a turn on hell being yeah. able to like fuck with everyone there. As we had a couple drinks, we were, uh, we were playing like darts. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I love to play like drinking games. Like when I mm-hmm. when I go out, I like playing games when I'm drinking. Yeah. Um, and just playing games on a date, honestly, I think is a great idea. Same. Great opportunity to flirt. <laughs> so yeah. the, the flirting was increasing as the night went on. And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> right before we left, we like, you know, we're dancing over by the DJ booth and we just did like a three-way kiss, like yeah. right by the DJ booth. <laughs> Yeah. Right before we left. And it felt so good. Everybody was just like, there were a couple guys at the bar just like jaw dropped, like, what the (laughs) fuck? (laughs) Yes. It was excellent. So it was a very, very memorable three-way date. Yes. (laughs) Took her home after the evening and she got naked so quickly. She was so excited. Oh my gosh. It was it was a it was a fun night. And I definitely remember like the the eye connection during threesomes is yes. always the hottest part for me. Right. Um, regardless of, you know, if he's fucking the other woman, if uh, she's licking my pussy, you know, whatever position it's in, if yeah. we get to look each other in the eye, I'm like, oh, yes. the, the eye fucking is yes. so good. No, eye fucking, is, eye fucking is premium during all sexual encounters in my opinion (laughs) but I guess I'm just more curious about this first time as far as like you know I remember my first time with my current partner where it was 
we were having a threesome with a girl and I think she was feeling a little trepidatious. She wasn't sure that she had permission mm -hmm. to jump on that dick yet. So she left the room and um, uh, went to the bathroom and I looked at my partner. This is still within like our first year of dating. And I was like, I want to see you fuck her. And he's <laughs> like, okay, I think you need to tell her that. So when she came back in the room, I took a condom and I slapped it on the bed right in front of her. And I said, I want you to ride his dick. <laughs> and she's like, nice. okay, I just didn't know if you wanted that. And I'm like, yes, I want I, Yeah, that. I've definitely run into girls like that. <laughs> that I'm like, no, I, like, they're like, I don't want to come between you two. And I'm like, I promise you, you're not going to come between us. You can't right. do that. <laughs> you can't good. do that. I'm like, oh, sweetie, you, you can't come between yes. us. <laughs> exactly that. Um, and that's what's so great. And that's what makes the threesome safe is when you know you have that. But, yes. but, but the other side of it is that like there have been moments, uh, the first time, not so much, but other moments where I've felt these little pangs of, of jealousy, but it's not this overwhelming sensation that takes over with anxiety and makes me want to put things to a stop. For me, I've sort of in that moment leaned into the jealousy and been sort of like, why? I wonder what it is that's making me feel this way. Or I use it as like fuel for the fire where I'm just like, yeah, this is, this is hot though, watching him fucks. And, it, and over the years, it's turned into almost like a compersion thing. So now it turns me on, like I the love, jealousy turns the me on kind of. <laughs> yes. So I'm just curious that first um, time that you guys are all fooling around and then his dick went in her pussy. Like, do you remember how you felt? Turn, just turned on or did you have I know that part of the satisfaction for me is like I am I am definitely a submissive like oh, I'm yeah, definitely yeah. my husband's submissive his yeah. satisfaction turns me on so much so part of like you know letting him play with other women as mm -hmm. many people would describe it yeah, is letting. like I'm I'm like giving him an ultimate fantasy I'm like satisfying my man in a way that many other women don't right um i get a lot of satisfaction out of that thought yes and there's also security in that for me where i'm like he has no fucking reason to cheat on me ever Bingo. <laughs> i feel that all the time i'm like why would you like if he finds someone up? hot let's talk about it together point exactly. her out let me check her out with you <laughs> exactly and like yeah. he can talk to me about everything like yes no and reason it, to cheat. I love it. So in that threesome, it was very much like e everyone was getting equal attention. It didn't seem, you know, she was as attracted to you as she was to him. Uh, yes, for sure. So um, and we were definitely treating her more oh. than anything around. I think the guests should always be treated more. Absolutely, the special <laughs> guest star should be lavished attention upon. That is, yeah, my what's, feeling. What's your fantasy? Good. Where do you want to be in this? Do you want to be yes. in the middle? Do you want to be on the end? Like, yeah, what's yes. your favorite spot? We'll put you there. Love it. Oh, <laughs> see the smile on my face. I'm, this is such a joyful story. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was good. I mean, it was it was um I mean because it was like a first date. We were definitely tipsy at the time. Oh, so sure. like if I had to improve anything, we would have been a little more sober. But yeah. it was still great. <laughs> yeah, I I like a little social lubrication, if you will. I don't exactly. Yeah, so it was a little bit of that. But yeah, just a little bit of like, okay, I can kind of. Let we can relax bit. now. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I have to ask them my standard question now, which is what was your first memory of pornography at all? The first time you stumbled across it in the wild? Oh, 
it depends on what you like define as pornography. So like, I, I like to say sexual entertainment. <laughs> I don't have any, you know, like stumbling across my dad's Playboy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, stories. But um, I think my my first like sexual awakening type moment was watching those like late night MTV shows. What what like undressed. You know, undressed? the MTV show Undressed. Yes, it was like a late night. It was like a dating Saucy show? drama show. No, it oh. was like a Degrassi, but like college kids. And <laughs> there were like steamy, soft core moments. Ooh. <laughs> oh, but it had, goodness. you know, like college kid appropriate level right. subjects. Okay. So I don't know if that counts, you know, like it was on TV. So yeah, it I was think just I w- hinted at. It more but it was like explicit hot. stuff like that you found from that maybe or that set you off yeah, to maybe like that was explore. Uh, yeah, that was like what kind of started the mind like the the gears rolling in my mind I think for sexual content okay and I think that's what gave me like more of a curiosity for like literotica I was oh. interested in literotica um when I was in like high school yeah (laughs) I would find because that was something that like I could find literotica I would literally print it off and then I would go take it up to my room and hide it somewhere and when I was done reading it I would destroy the evidence yeah (laughs) I couldn't just sit at my computer I didn't have my own computer so I had to print out literotica stories that's hot. So, what what kinds would you find yourself drawn towards? I feel like I just like dabbled in like all, I I was um when I was in high school and I was like exploring this was like, you know, exploring like, you know, the beginning of internet porn for me. High school yeah. was when I started looking on the internet at like all the free porn I could find. Yeah. Um and getting all the bugs on my parents' computer, yeah. <laughs> all the viruses, all the malware from checking all the free porn. It was yeah. all my fault. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't really have like a category. I was just so curious. I was looking at everything. Yeah. I was so curious about like what the wealth of porn was. And I remember there was like a worldsex.com or something that like every single day it had a list of like, here's your list of things and like a list of free links, basically. Like here's a free yeah. photo gallery. Here's a free video teaser. So it was just like, you know, a list of free links for the day. So I would go to that and I would just check it out. It was like, okay, MILF, BBC, um, like, like you know, daddy, daughter, like step parents, mm. you know, threesome. It was fucking every category. It was just right. everything. For, and that's what I would go down. And I was, okay, I was just checking it all out. It was research for me. Huh? Um, so I didn't have a go-to in high school at all. It was just curious. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever you could find. Yes. Turned you on. <laughs> um, yes. I was just curious. So I, so this, how did you uh, delve into sort of the kink BDSM stuff? Did that not start until you got with your current partner or were you already curious about things before then? Um, I don't think I'd really done much kinky stuff until my current partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had like, you know, some like rough type sex and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I had had some blowjobs where like, you know, I'd played with breath play during a blowjob, like things like that, but it wasn't mm-hmm. really conscious. It wasn't a conversation. It, you know, it was just a style of sex that I had had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really get into like actual BDSM and addressing it and talking about it and until my current partner. Yeah. So he was coming from a place of 
maybe having some experience with it or he just fantasized about it and then got with you and you're very open-minded? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> we haven't talked a lot about each other's history. Um, we, okay. you know, talk about things here and there, you know, like a girlfriend story. Um, mm -hmm. But we don't mm -hmm. go into too much detail of sexual history. Yeah. Um, so I, I assume just... he has some sort of experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was it like um, but he's also that? really good at like faking it till you make it. So I'm like, he could come off as experienced and have none. And I wouldn't fucking know. He's just yeah. that kind of person. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That's what I was curious about for, for you, that it was, it was a more of an experimental kind of thing. And then you were like a light switch flipped and you're like, yes, this is me. I like this. <laughs> uh, while we, when we started dating, there was like, but it, it was like, yeah, it was kind of like a sexual awakening, like, you know, yeah. a sexual education. Where I was like learning more. Um, part of us exploring, you know, kinkiness and figuring out what I was interested in uh, was we used Tumblr a lot. Oh, yes. Um, he kind of assigned Tumblr to me like as homework. And yeah. we used we used Tumblr to communicate with each other. He's like, okay, mm -hmm. you start a Tumblr page and I'm going to be able to see it. And you put on there things that you find hot. And it's I, like could, I just board. had it as like a naughty Pinterest board. Yeah, and it exactly. was like, it's exactly. And it was like, this is hot, this is hot. And I could put notes on it of like what part of the picture I liked. Like, oh, I love these restraints. Like this scenario sounds hot. Like this yeah. dirty talk would be great. And it was a way for me to tell him what I liked without having to have a direct like face-to-face -face awkward communication, you know? Yes. And... Uh, Tumblr was the best fucking thing for exploring that and bringing that out in our relationship. God, I miss it. I know. <laughs> I know. It's such a shame that what they did. But that there. was a great way for us to like, I was like, okay, that was a great way for me to plant ideas in his head of like, mm -hmm. pull this out later. I'll probably like it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, super hot. So yeah, that was that was definitely a big part of how we explored our kinkiness and, and talked about like, at how he was able to try new things that he, he thought I'd like or knew I'd like. Yeah. Um, uh, organically. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned your bisexuality and I'm curious about how you came to recognize that about yourself. Ooh. Um, I definitely recognized it in high school. I had like friends that I had crushes on and I would like, I was, you know, like the, there's a term for it, but the girl that like makes out with her friends, friends when she like, you know, has a couple drinks in her, that was always fucking me. Yeah. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> um, you know, and that was like kind of like a thing in high, you know, let's like yes. at high school when I was, you know, I'd have a couple drinks and make out with a girlfriend. That yes. was like normal straight behavior at the time. It was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, in my mind, I was still straight. I had only ever dated guys and just, you know, been attracted to women. Right. So I didn't really get to explore that really until college. College was actually really tricky, though, because I, I mentioned I went to college in South Carolina. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I was an out-of-state student, and so I knew nobody. And it was just my luck that I ended up having no roommate either. Ooh, that um, is lucky. <laughs> so I was completely by myself. I had no roommate. 
And I was still 17 for like the first month of college. So I couldn't even yeah. go out to like the local bar, or local club. Right. Um, so I had like no way to make friends. <laughs> yeah. I was totally alone when I first got to college. Um, yeah. So I rushed a sorority to make friends. So okay. I was in a sorority in college. Yeah. My sorority uh, had Christian values as part of its like foundation. Yeah. Uh, so it was important, like what our image was on campus. A big part of that was like, you know, drinking. Like you could not, I could not get, have any pictures of me like drinking in any photos on Facebook. Facebook was the, you know, <laughs> where everybody was at the time. Yeah. Like, so drinking was a big deal. Um, but also like being a lesbian or being into girls was still kind of frowned upon in like Southern society. It still um, kind of is. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I went to college, like, great, college, I'll be able to explore my sexuality. Right. And then I'm in the South, and then I have, you know, Christian women all around me that yeah. have very different values. And I'm like, damn it, I'm trying to just, like, be a college student and drink yeah. and have fun with girls. <laughs> yeah. So I had to kind of do it sneakily. Yeah. Um, I, so I was able to explore my sexuality in college, but yeah, I had to do it kind of on the down low. I did hook up with one or two sorority sisters and we <laughs> had to keep it completely hush hush. Nobody could know. Yeah. So I was like the dirty little secret. <laughs> um, and then there was a, there was a time my junior year where um, I hooked up with like this younger girl. Uh, I hooked up with like a freshman. <laughs> we had a couple good hookups and she got attached and I for me it was just a hookup but she went on like a campus website and kind of did like a you broke my heart paragraph and like uh, it basically exposed me as bisexual oh or everyone labeled me as a lesbian but it basically exposed me as like a lesbian to my whole sorority and from then on everybody was like oh my god and like you know I could tell everybody kind of whispered about me behind my back yes. <laughs> so I was able to explore my sexuality a little bit in college but it was definitely still very tough uh, yeah. it was not the accepting space that I had hoped college would be right so yeah, yeah I didn't really get to explore that until like I joined the industry I've had much more sexual freedom now that I'm like open about it and I like, yeah like hey I've seen you do concert with other women I know that you're into <laughs> women that's a great thing that helps fuck hitting on civilian women is so hard because I don't know if they're into women <laughs> That is the issue. That is it every time. <laughs> Hitting on women in our industry is so much easier. I'm like, I know if yeah. you're into women or not. Pretty and sure I can you're just into ask you. Yes. <laughs> Great. It is really nice. Yeah. And I will say, you know, even fooling around with people in a not on camera way, it's just within the industry, it's easier to communicate about that, to ask mm -hmm. about it, to have those um those encounters with colleagues because it's so we know we're all tested we know how to communicate about our sexuality we know there's not going to be well, there's a very low likelihood of exactly what you're talking about where someone gets this attachment yeah you know because like this is uh how we do a living this is how we make a living so we kind of we can do it we can compartmentalize that's something I've enjoyed about like being in Vegas and working mm -hmm. with a lot of other industry people. Yeah. Uh, before that, we were in the Washington, D.C. area, 
And we found all the girls that we cammed with and, and dated like on Tinder. So they were all yeah. like civilian, civilian people yeah. um, that didn't know much about the industry at all. So yeah. we had to do a lot of the education on, mm -hmm. you know, health and safety and, yes. <laughs> you know, like had to teach them like everything from, you know, stage name to social media handles to, and yeah, yeah we had to talk them through that communication because there were girls that would come over and I was like, okay, so what do you like? I have these kinds of toys. What are your favorite? And they were like, I, what? I don't know. Deer in like, they had no idea. Like, what they liked, how to talk about it. Yeah. And yeah, it was a whole process of like, okay, we'll do this together. We'll we'll figure out your body together and <laughs> we'll learn how it ticks and what you like. You're just <laughs> out there doing the Lord's work. Uh, <laughs> and I if I can help that. people reach better orgasms, then I'll I'll take that as my contribution to society. Yes. <laughs> greatly needed. So uh, did you come out as bisexual to your family? Do they, do they know this about you? But I didn't like realize I hadn't come out to my family officially about being bisexual mm -hmm. because it was such a like gradual thing for me. You know, I was like that bar lesbian in high school and it was like right. semi straight behavior. Mm -hmm. And I, I had like never really officially dated a woman like mm -hmm. until I was dating somebody with my partner. Mm -hmm. um, like I've still, I've never dated just a woman. Um, so I never had to have that like talk with my mom of like, I'm bringing a girl home, right. you know, like I don't have to talk with my parents about who I'm hooking up with. Right. <laughs> so I never, you know, had that conversation. Um, and so I didn't realize that I hadn't like really told my parents I was bisexual until I was telling them that I was in the sex work industry. Well, that's so my next question. Telling them that I was like, you know, making adult content. And I was explaining yeah. to them that it was like me and my husband and other girls. I was like, mm -hmm. so I'm not doing like traditional porn. You don't have to worry about, you know, like me being with partners and that, kind. you know, like mm -hmm. I was trying to, you know, e ease my, my parents' worries. And yeah. I was like, it's just me and my partner and like, you know, people that we're dating and we know. And mm -hmm. she was like, oh, so you guys are with other people together. And I was like, oh, okay. So coming out about being in porn, <laughs> I was also sharing that me and my husband fuck other women. We have like an open relationship and yes. I'm bisexual. So yes. like, oh, yes, all of that at once, mom. <laughs> so you're like trying to make it easier and it became an avalanche. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't realize I hadn't told you that because there was never a time I had to tell you that. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, how did they accept that? Um, it's, it's definitely the, the been a process. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been a process. Um, but we're, we're good now. Um, my family's a very accepting and loving family. My parents kind of offer, like, initially reacted opposite of what I thought. I thought my mom would freak the fuck out. And I thought my dad would be chill as fuck. I, I didn't think my dad would care. He's just that kind mm. of a guy. Yeah. Um. But my dad kind of clammed up and felt kind of awkward and didn't know what to say. My mom had all the questions. She yeah. wanted to know everything. Now, I, I made sure I was like, okay, are you sure? Like, can't unask these questions. I was like, but if right. you want to know everything, I'll tell you. And she's like, no, I want to know. I'd rather like, you know, I'd rather know that you've addressed every, all of my concerns than like yeah. imagine the worst. I was like, That's okay. a good point. Yeah. So we had like a two hour long conversation and went through everything and, you know, 
she like made sure I'd thought about it and mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> wasn't being rash. It wasn't being pressured. Yes. Um, so yeah, we, we had a big long conversation about it and then it like took her just time to digest. Yeah. Um, and that took months to just digest and get okay with. And then there yeah. was like, there, there was steps of the process. There was a, you know, point in time where she's like, okay, she was still keeping it a secret from the rest of her family. Right. So it was like, she and I knew, but she couldn't talk to her sisters about it. And she was mm -hmm. like, I feel like I'm keeping the secret. You know, they asked me how my daughter's doing and I can't share. Like, so she right. felt kind of torn. Okay. So there came this point where I was like, well, I'm okay with the family knowing if you are like, you know, it was, mm -hmm. it was kind of up to my mom. I was like, I don't want to embarrass you by telling the family, but if you don't want to keep the secret from them, then I won't either. Yeah. So it was like jointly, it was like, okay, we're going to come out to the rest of the family basically. And so I like told my aunts and uncles, yes. <laughs> they could kind of tell too. Like I had been kind of vague about my job. Like whenever mm. we got together, they would ask me like, oh, so how's work doing? What are you doing these days? And I was very vague. I was like, I do <laughs> online marketing. You know, like, yeah, I just you do like bullshit answer. Yeah. But like, they wouldn't just they, like, what do you mean? Well, for what kind of yeah. stuff? And, yeah. you know, they actually yes. wanted to know. <laughs> yes. like, well, fuck. They could tell that I was being vague and they like, they're like, okay, fine, whatever. But once yeah. they knew what it was, they're like, oh, okay. Now that makes sense why you were being vague and weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, are you happy, healthy and safe? Yeah. And if you're happy, healthy and safe. Great. Okay. Do your thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, my like whole extended family now knows now my aunts, my uncles, my cousins. Um, I didn't, didn't tell my grandparents. They don't fucking need to know. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I, I get that. <laughs> yeah. My, my family's I'm, I'm blessed to have a open family. Like we, we don't go yeah. into details. They don't press me. Yeah. But, um, you know, at our recent family get together, I was, I showed them like my safe for work cosplay photos. Like I find right. stuff to share with them that yes. isn't like, you know, my latest only fan scene. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. We are capable of, um, making, of compartmentalizing realizing yeah. like what's appropriate when and where you know despite our yeah. hedonistic lifestyles we are capable of that <laughs> yeah yeah i think oh. my family's come a long way my mom's come a long way like we can yeah. we can talk about a lot of stuff now and yeah. um she's an entrepreneur too so we can talk about a lot of entrepreneur things together she's actually yeah. picked my brain about social media <laughs> awesome um so it, it does give us some things to talk about and I even brought her with me to XBiz Miami uh, two years ago. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I was able to get her tickets to come uh, see me in the, the fashion show and mm -hmm. to come to the XBiz Awards. She was my date for the XBiz oh Awards, God. which was really cool. That is a that is really neat. Um, that she, <laughs> I mean, to be so supportive in that way. like, Yeah, it was cool. So she, she's still like a little like standoffish and like, ah, okay. I'm like, I'm really here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she's like doing her best. So yeah. And has your dad Cheers sort of mom. come around a little bit? Uh, my dad's cool with it. We just don't really talk about it much. Yeah. Honestly. Sure. Um, Not needed. Uh, I just like, I, I've just been very careful that I don't ever share my stage name with my dad because Smart. I don't want him to ever get that curious bug. <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird thing. Like it just lives in your brain, and <laughs> yeah, better to. If just anybody not have I it. know has stumbled upon it, they haven't told me. That would be awkward. 
but more so awkward for them than for me. So sorry, guys. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I'll never forget. I was at a party in the area where I grew up and um, a friend was there and he, I guess, was talking to my, my much closer friend and just wanted to tell me that he had seen my work, but was so shy and embarrassed. <laughs> and so she comes over and she's like, he wants to tell you blah, blah, blah. He's seen it. And it's so amazing. Da, da, da. And then he's standing right there and he's just like turning red. And I was like, just let <laughs> me know this is my life's work. So the fact you have something nice to say about it makes me feel good. <laughs> like you don't have to be ashamed so of sweet. I am not. Yeah. So that's really cute. Um, I've never had someone come up to me like in person. I've had messages after the fact like, hey, I saw you at Best Buy earlier. And I was like, oh, shit, I look like shit. (laughs) I've had that happen once before, too. Like, oh, I was on that airplane that you were on on that flight or whatever. And I was like, I was like, why did you say hi? Why didn't you say something? Yeah. (laughs) I always try to remind people like we love that shit. I mean, I will speak like, holy shit, you recognize me. It's like, you know, hearing a song. I imagine it's like hearing a song on the radio. Like, holy fuck, you know who I am? Exactly. It's exciting. <laughs> we get to pretend like we're real celebrities for a yes. minute. <laughs> but with anytime someone them, talks to me like I'm a real celebrity, I'm like, ooh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I could still go to the grocery store and it's totally fine. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and your experiences with me uh, and my mm-hmm. listeners here. It's it's so awesome and I, I love it. We're getting it out there. We're getting these stories out into the world. It's not our time. It went by so quickly. Yeah, but <laughs> I like story uh, time. almost. But I do uh, <laughs> have a couple of questions from oh, from listeners, and I hope that you will help me to answer them. So on the podcast mm-hmm. here, we like to answer advice questions. So if you have things that you're curious about with regards to sex, it's human sexuality, porn and porn sexuality, your relationship and sexual issues with that, please send in your questions because my podcast needs them very badly. So sinsagepodcast at gmail.com and we will answer them on the podcast. So the first question we have is from E. That's a very technical question. What are the best lubes and what are the inadvisable materials in lube to avoid? And this question just has so many different answers. And (laughs) it depends so much on who you are, what you like. Are you using a condom? Are you not using a condom? Are you using silicone toys? Are you you doing it in the butt? Are you not doing it in the butt? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think, Chrissy? So yeah, it depends on if you're doing toys or body only or anal. I feel like those are like the three main categories. Yeah. Um, so with silicone toys, you want water-based lube. That is important. You want water-based lube. Mm-hmm. If you use a silicone-based lube with a toy, it will break down the toy. Do not mix those two together. <laughs> that yeah. is important to know. Yeah. Same thing with condoms. Don't mix a silicone-based lube with a condom because that'll break down the condom. So make sure you're using a water-based lube with both of those. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, With anal lube, I like something thicker. A Mm -hmm. thicker lube is much better in my opinion. Um, Like the gel gel style. Yeah, like more of like a gel style. Um, 
because it'll give you more of that barrier and give you less friction. Mm. Um, so there are like lubes now that specifically say they're for anal, but that's mm-hmm. what I'd say that the big difference is, is that they're thicker. And those can be different kinds. That's it. Typically, like if you're doing like if you're not playing with toys or condoms, I would recommend yeah. a silicone based lube for anal. Yeah, uh, that's what I like. It's <laughs> a silicone based lube for anal because it gives you that thicker consistency. Yeah. And that's, you know, and but there are other kinds that give you the same same kind now. Yeah. And and I and I think it's just such a personal thing. That that's what it kind of all comes down to. It's like experimenting with what you like by getting maybe samples if you can of different kinds. Yes. But I I think that you know, and it's, this is one of those cases where the more you spend, the higher quality you are actually getting. And that's mm-hmm. not the case for all consumerism across the board, but yeah, <laughs> true. you know, but when it comes to sex toys and when it comes to lubes, really anything that you're going to be putting like inside of your body or like on, yeah, your you want to make membranes. sure that's quality. It's, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. High quality stuff. And so, yeah, I would say the general consensus is if you're doing anal stuff, you want to use silicone, but that's not hundred percent across the board for everyone. Um, yeah, if you're using toys, you still need water-based. Yes. Um, and and I, I will say a company I love is Joe H2O. Joe H2O. Okay. Joe H2O. They're, they make my favorite lube. Uh, mm-hmm. They make my favorite like water-based pussy lube, and they also yes. make a water-based anal lube. Mm-hmm. That is great. So I, I love the J- Joe H2O line. I've tried a bunch of different kinds out there. I've tried a lot of different samples oh, yeah. that we've gotten yeah. from all the expos and conventions. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so from try- trying a bunch of different ones, that is my favorite. Yeah. And uh, earlier in my relationship, well, back in the day, I got really, really, really into coconut oil. And mm-hmm. again, as long as you're not, because coconut oil is oil. So I, don't recommend using it with condoms, but I I still to this day will say that I do love coconut oil as lube because it is like a natural for my pussy because it's it's natural. It has antibacterial and antifungal properties. Mm-hmm. So th- those are all ways we'd love to treat the vagina. Yeah, you just co- it's great for your skin. So you can just slather it over your whole body and let your hands wander down south. And yep. there you go. Literally it goes there. <laughs> it keeps you nice and slick. It's, it's just so lovely and it, it, you know, it tastes good. And so I think it's a great <laughs> natural, fairly inexpensive uh, thing to just keep by the side of your bed. And if it's not fractionated, then uh, it'll, it'll get solid. But the second you scoop it in your fingers and warm it up, it, it gets liquid. So I, I love that. It's great. But I do have another lube that I get now, which is, uh, it's actually Wicked brand and it's their hybrid one. So although it has, I, it's called hybrid, but it doesn't have, it's not very silicone feely, but it does do this thing where it doesn't, a lot of lube, water-based lube will, it's slick for a minute or two, and then you get the friction going and it starts to get sticky and tacky. Mm-hmm. This Wicked brand hybrid lube doesn't do that. It stays nice and slick for longer, but it doesn't, but it's not silicone. And I think another issue is just kind of a lot of people with vaginas can uh, experience some difficulties or inflammation or discomfort 
or even infections can come from silicone lube in the vagina. So I don't want to say that's always how it is for everyone, but some people do have that experience too. So I think it's just, are you playing by yourself? Are you playing with your partners? Are you putting it in their butt? You know, what are you doing? There's such a wide world of things. (laughs) I hope we've given you some direction on where to start, Um, but ultimately this will be a fun... I will say one other (laughs) final tip is go to an actual sex store. Don't just go to the drugstore. You're not getting a variety of products if you're just going to your local drugstore. Go to a sex shop. Yes. And the people who work at those are pretty knowledgeable usually about things like lube. Yes. So it's a great place to start. (laughs) Okay. So the next question is, A great one. This is from Warm Orange, which I love that username there. (laughs) How do industry pros like yourself work kink play that may leave marks like rope bondage or impact for your day-to-day life? So I am interpreting this a little bit as like they play kinkily, but then have to go to a job where those things might be visible or something. Um, and I know for, for us, for sure, it's very often if we are going to go do any sort of like a spanking shoot or a bondage shoot, we'll either say to the producer, like, I have other shoots this week. You cannot leave marks on me. Or we will make sure to that the compensation is enough that I don't have to work for another week or two because you're intending to leave marks on me. So okay. what is your... Because you play in your personal life and I don't have as much life. experience with that, um, okay. honestly. I am into kinky play, but I honestly, <laughs> I have realized since getting into the adult industry, mm-hmm. I thought I was a kinky person until I met friends in this industry. And now I'm like, I'm not that kinky. <laughs> 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 My friend's spectrum is way kinkier than mine. <laughs> So, so I'm like, I, little... I enjoy like the the power play. I enjoy the mm-hmm. dom sub power play. I enjoy being restrained. I enjoy being mm-hmm. choked. I enjoy being pinched. I enjoy like uh, orgasm denial and teasing. Mm, and yeah. um, if I didn't mention restraints, I'd love being restrained and like tied down. Um, but I don't get into as much of like the serious impact play, the bruising, mm-hmm. the marks. Um, I don't really have as much experience with that. Okay. Um, so that's not something I can really speak to. So if you, have you had bookings or inquiries for content that is a little bit more along those lines, a bondage scene or, or if you ever do, would you take them or is that just an, on your no list essentially? Uh, it would be on my maybe list. I would have to like discuss it. Um, I'm (laughs) interested in like rope suspension, for example, and like shibari. And Mm -hmm. so that would probably leave marks at least for hours. Yeah. Um, so a shibari shoot, absolutely. I would, I would like consider, um, I'm not really into like too much pain play. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that would come up. That would be like a, a, a big maybe. And like, you know, if, the right top was being respectful of my boundaries and we were, you know, respectfully pushing my boundaries, then sure. And I would, you know, just book my consequent plans around that. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And then that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, I don't have like, uh, the only thing that I have to worry about like being seen after hours is like daycare drop off. I have a a (laughs) two and a half year old. 
Um, so I have to like yeah. figure up at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, so I do have to think about like, you know, what I'm wearing, what my makeup looks like. Like if I go out to a shoot for the day and then I'm picking her up on the way home, I'm like, okay, what have I packed in my bag that I'm wearing for daycare pickup? Right. What is my makeup and hair going to look like? I got to make yeah. sure I don't look like I just, you just know. got fucked. <laughs> like your eyelash is just on your cheek and your lipstick's all right. smeared and you walk in like... <laughs> I can't be like covered in baby oil and mascara running when I go to pick up my doctor. (laughs) Yes. I love uh, that. that, That's the closest I come to having to worry about like the after effects, I think, is just what am I going to look like at daycare? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And for me, it's been uh, it's been years since I've done that, since I've subbed on that level of, uh, you know, impact play or restraint uh, for scenes to where I would be having marks and things like that. Uh, I've been, you know, when it comes to sites like kink.com, I've been topping for them almost from the get-go. I think I've done two scenes that I subbed uh, and they were pretty fucking brutal. (laughs) But again, at the time, you know, they, they were, they were paying a rate that was acknowledging that a little bit. And uh, I would just often either not have scenes for some time after or I would uh, just be like, please, can you do your best to not mark me? Stuff like that. And, you know, most sites and companies can work with you on that. You know, it, there's other things they can do. They can, psychologically, you can be domed. You don't need to necessarily be physically domed or, or you know, go through pain because there's so many other ways of doming and subbing, which is fun. But for the, for the sake of this guy's question, though, I'm like, you're trying to have some impact play and then cover it up for work. I'm like, I guess just be strategic with where that impact play is. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean, keep it to the butt cheeks and the titties and, you know, um, I think a, like just plan accordingly. Don't do it yeah. right before you're wearing a nice dress for a wedding. Exactly. <laughs> and what I've noticed about rope marks even is that they do go away pretty quick. Uh, you can't tell it's by the second day, you can't really tell it's rope. And even if there's some bruising, it, again, you can't really tell it's rope necessarily or restraints in that way. So, you know, for me, I, I, I bruise all the time because I'm very clumsy. I have bruises on my legs constantly from walking <laughs> into too. things. And so, you know, you can always just tell someone, ah, I'm super clumsy. I walked into the counter or whatever, you know, because I do that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, th- those are the I ways. do too. I have random bruises all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know what that one's from. Constantly. <laughs> How do you make it stop? Uh, but yeah, so I think it's really, you know, you just got to be smart about where, when, how, and as far as in the industry, we just do talk about what we've got coming up and decide what we're able to do when we're able to do it and things like that. And it's, it, the great thing is in this industry, despite what the uh, anti-porn crusaders might be telling you, you actually don't have to do anything you don't want to do. So it's pretty nice. What? (laughs) <laughs> I know, <What>? crazy, right? <laughs> Wait, we actually have control over what we do and when we do it? Mind blown. <laughs> so, Mind some control. Blown. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, awesome. Thank you so, so much for being a guest on my little podcast. Um, <laughs> and can you Thanks please- Thanks for having me. I, I love yeah. shooting shit with you anytime. Yeah, of course, anytime. I can't wait to see you again in the new year. Uh, I will be seeing you, so. Yeah. It'll be a grand reunion and we'll get some fancy food together. Oh, <laughs> uh, so please tell all of my listeners where they can- go and pay you for the fun art that you create and support <laughs> you in this business. Um, they can find all of my platforms everywhere I'm at is listed at allmylinks.com slash Chrissy LeBlanc. You can also find me on ePlay.com under the My Perfect Harem username. You'll be able to find all of my stuff from there, all of my social media, all of my photos, videos, uh, clips for sale, live streams. Between those two pages, you'll you'll find it all. <laughs> find all your things. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And uh, I'm Sin Sage, and hopefully you know where to find all my stuff, but you can always go to sin-sage.com. But more than that, I want to keep this podcast going for as long as I'm able to. And I can't do that without your advice questions. So please send them to me. I always need them. And the email address for that is sinsagepodcast at gmail.com. You spell sin with two N's, sinsagepodcast at gmail.com. Send in your queries and you will hear them answered on the podcast. And thank you so much for listening, everyone. And tell your friends, please, about this podcast. And get out there and live authentically. Mm -hmm.